Trigger warning for this episode. There is mentions of suicide, self-harm, and sexual assault. Listener's discretion advised. If any of those topics trigger you, please do what is right for you in listening or not listening. We know you hear us either way, and we want this to be a safe place for you. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Failing Forward. I'm your host, Kelsey, and today we have a very special guest, and I'm going to let her introduce herself. She is a wonderful human being. I feel like right off the bat when we met each other, we just clicked, and we have such in-depth conversations without even meaning to, and it's someone who I can connect with, and I hope you connect with her too. Hi, my name is Sheree Novakoski. I am Calgary born and raised and uh, right now I'm working at the University of Calgary. Mental health has been so influential in my life, no matter what I'm doing. Um, and so yeah, I'm really excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Thank this you so much. I don't even know if you know that part of this whole podcast every single time I thought about you. Aww. I thought about you and like our conversations and like you being like, girl, do it. Just <sighs> fucking do it. Right. Just go and like do you and having someone, even though we didn't talk all the time, but knowing you're like in my corner was like a big push to do this. Cause you were the first person that was like the first person that knew about it. And the first person that said, no, go for it. I'm honored. Thank you so much. <laughs> no, you're welcome. That's amazing. Yeah. Well, and I feel cool. like every time you talked, like we have a pretty big age difference, like not a huge one, but a pretty big one, but I still feel like that connection was just so different than some people my own age because I've always been, everyone's always said to me, like, you seem like you're 28. Mm -hmm. I'm like, mm, <laughs> cut, cut back four years. <laughs> well, thanks, I think. I hope it'll look a couple of years oh, old. Oh, no, yeah, you don't. no, you don't. <laughs> so no, kind of, let's start with you and your battle with anxiety, depression, and all that. Where did it kind of start from? Oh, it happened early. Oh boy, did it happen early. Um, I always kind of grew up uh, having struggles. I was always kind of told, you know, you're just really emotional. Mm. You're just super sensitive. You're going to need to grow a thicker skin. Oh God. In the puberty prime years of like hormonal just discombobulation and just all mm -hmm. of that. And it was like, oh, so it's me. And then like, honestly, I've been in therapy for like over 16 years. Oh, wow. Yeah, off and on, obviously. But yeah. like, yeah, and, and it's just been this constant change of... Have you been with the same therapist? No, yes. I had mul I've had multiples. I, oh man, it, the connection is everything. Oh, 100%. When, oh yeah. And I've, I, I've had beautiful relationships with therapists where I feel like I'm seeing, like talking to my mother. I feel like I'm talking to my friend. Mm -hmm. And then there are some where I'm just like, I... And literally, a textbook. oh yeah, yeah. I can't do textbooks. Oh no, oh, no, boy. no. That was my <sighs> first therapist. She, I literally felt like a textbook, and I was like, "This is bullshit." Right. I don't need to be here. Yes. Because I'm like, and especially like for you, like we kind of had the same experience of like, oh, you're too emotional. Grow mm -hmm. some thicker skin. Mm -hmm. I had a counselor tell me, um, and I was probably. 14 mm -hmm. she said to me it's a phase Ugh. and I ran out of her office I oh. this was one of my like biggest memories I ran out of her office bawling my eyes out it was like 3 15 so bell time yep the hallways are full and like Ugh. I had a boyfriend at the time and he he we always took the bus together and I like ran and missed the bus and was like crying and he was like where the heck are you oh. and ever since then that's why I didn't say anything 
for so long. And I think especially as a young girl, like going through hormonal changes, do you have your period? Do you not have your mm-hmm. period? Mm-hmm. Are you a couple months from it? That's still, you're still changing emotionally and hormonally. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm like, I, I'm almost 32 and I'm still dealing with my emotions <laughs> and like my hormones and balancing. And then like, God forbid we're, you know, yeah, you you add in birth control, you add oh, yeah. in so many other things that are altering. Oh my god! Like, how do you? How does someone just manage all of that and know what's even happening? Yeah, to their own bodies, right? Mm-hmm. And because we never know. No, I yeah. I mean it's so hard to get that information unless you kind of self learn. Because yeah. I feel like personally, I feel like there's a lot of censorship that happens, and mm-hmm. it's you really have to go on your own journey mm-hmm. to figure out what is happening in my body and what's going on and even with men and they're they have hormones too oh 100 percent. Right? i like, say to tyler all the time i'm like did you sync up with me <laughs> because i think that's fun too <laughs> i was like i feel like you're extra sassy yeah and i actually said that like the other day he's gonna i don't know if he'll hate me for saying that but that's okay and uh i was like you're being so sassy and he was like well you're being sassy right back i'm like did you forget what time of month it is and he was like oh shit and our roommate was like "Ooh, no not good (laughs) yeah yeah. Uh, uh, my partner and i do the same thing we're honest to god where i'm like i'll look at them every now and then i'm like hmm well, there's some sass there, a little yep. extra than before. Okay, noted. <laughs> and then I'm like, wait, where am I? Oh, that makes sense. Oh, we're on the yes. same page. Yeah. Oh, okay. We've been together for it. so long that now I'm like, oh, great. You, tr- you truly We've do sync up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. So, so for you going through like different therapists, like I find if you think about like relationships too, they always say like every seven years mm-hmm. you need to grow with your partner. Well, the whole time you have to grow, but mm-hmm. I feel like it's the same with a therapist unless you find one who grows with you i feel like it's a stage of life it's kind of like friends like some Mm -hmm. friends you're gonna have forever we all we all have one or two of those maybe some people don't and yeah if you're lucky Mm -hmm. and other people come in and they come in under your life and they go but they're there for a reason when you need them and then they go on you learn your lesson and you keep going it's reason season or lifetime Mm -hmm. and it goes with every relationship you know you can have you can have people are there to teach you a lesson and including therapists, they can be there for like this period of my life, the season, or it's a lifelong relationship, yeah. you know? And I, I'll be honest with you, I have 110% um, outgrown my therapist where I've, mm-hmm. I've literally had to say like, we are no longer fit anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, I need to move on to someone else. Which and is truly fair. It is fair. And you know, the, the power and courage it takes to even say that. And acknowledge and it. And acknowledge it. Mm-hmm. And so many people are like, well, I guess I'm in therapy now. And they're just like, duh, duh, duh. and it's yeah. just like, no, like I, I get excited when I go see my therapist now. Really? Um, oh yeah. I look I'm forward like, to it. I'm, I'm like, like depends mm-hmm. on the day. Like some days I, I truly feel like I sometimes can't leave my car because I'm so stressed. Like I'm, and I go to, I don't know if you go to the hospital, like my psychiatrist is at the hospital. So I think sometimes getting out of the car, it feels like, oh great. Like I know I have a problem. Like if I'm in a bad headspace, you Mm -hmm. know? Yeah. But I love my therapist and like, I've been with her for, oh God, me. I don't even know. Three years, Mm -hmm. two years, something like that. It was when my ex's dad committed suicide is how I kind of got in. But because I got a referral. Otherwise, I was kind of seeing someone else who made me feel like a textbook. And I was like, eh, yeah. Yeah. I'm not going. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry that that happened. But I'm, I'm, you know, it's sometimes the unfortunate parts bring us to the best 
100% situations, yeah. right? It's it's just tricky because I find I've never really connected with psychologists. I mm. find because there are so many different like psychiatrists are yeah. different than psychologists who are different yeah. than psychotherapists who are different than counselors. And like, it is hard to understand the differences between all of them. Mm-hmm. And and so for me personally, like psychiatrists, I've been to a few times only for my meds because they can prescribe because them, they right? Can prescribe them. Yeah. Psychologists, I've tried multiple times, mostly because guess what? They're covered. And so I don't have to pay for them. Mm-hmm. And I it's expensive oh, yeah. to get help. Yeah. Um, and so for psychologists, I I I felt like a textbook. Yeah. So I was like, no, I'm I'm past. And then I, I finally got to like psychotherapists mm. and I found somebody and a few people who saw me as a human being. Yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, you're you're looking at my whole person. You, yeah. You're seeing where I'm coming from, where I'm going. Well, not just the situation. The situations yeah. are happening regardless. Yeah. But you're seeing me as a person yeah. and seeing where I'm coming from and why I'm getting to these conclusions or these default behaviors. And mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a pattern. It is. Yeah. yeah. And that's what I've learned too is like, my psychiatrist made me start with like a triangle now mm. and it's like what happened what was the situation mm-hmm. how did you feel what was the emotion and your trigger point and then kind of the last thing was like what did you do mm. and my my feeling slash trigger to my action is 75 percent negative yeah and that's what we've started to like look at and pattern like look at the pattern and like what's the same? What, how am I treating this the same? How can I change that thought and recognize it before Mm -hmm. I act on it? And I think that's been really helpful for me to be like, oh, now, and then I can catch it earlier. Whereas like before that was partially why it triggered anxiety attacks Mm -hmm. because I just would be like so frustrated and then I'd be yelling and I'd be angry and I couldn't breathe. And like, Whereas now I can almost like take a step back and like, shit, it's coming. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and that's the thing. I mean, that's what, so I don't know exactly what therapy you're in, but for me, I work on uh, CBD, Mm -hmm. Uh, CBD, CBT. Oh my God. CBT. I'm forgetting. I live in Canada (laughs) and that stuff's legal. No, uh, CBT. So like cognitive behavioral therapy, right? That's what we did too. Exactly. And, and looking at those default patterns and Mm -hmm. those behaviors and, and, drawing attention and intention to yeah. what you're doing that is that is how you that's how you kind of work with yourself mm-hmm. uh, and and then all of a sudden you start like for me anyways when I'm in therapy and I'm like oh mm-hmm. oh right this is my default ooh gross let's not go back there I'm bigger I'm better than this you know yeah. or not that I'm better because that's you know you know that's a judgment on myself but yes that negative thought pattern um but you know that is part of that where you're like okay no let's Let's get out of this because mm-hmm. it's dangerous for me. It is. And yeah. I know what's going to happen if I do this. And yeah. so let's not go back into that. Let's yeah. go into what we've learned. Let's let's use these techniques, these – And that we've practiced. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that we know how to get out of this because we do – I do know how to get out of this. Yes. Yeah. Like we all do. We all have – I don't think people realize that when you – you have the answers within you. 100%. You know you best. Exactly. You mm-hmm. just have to ask the right questions and then be able to listen to the answer. Yeah. Because lots of the time I feel like we don't actually listen to it. We're like, mm-hmm. we never listen to our intuition. Oh, yeah. That was like, I remember we were out for dinner. This was pre-COVID. We were out for dinner with my grandparents. I think it was because my sister was going back to school or something. So it was like September, August, 2019. Yeah. And we were at this Italian restaurant and I always like, I'm lactose intolerant. So I have 
trouble finding food I mm-hmm. can eat. And I wasn't fully eating beef or pork again yet, like just for I saw a video when I was in grade five and yeah. <laughs> kind of did me and I'm an yeah. animal lover. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. Whereas now I'm like, yes, agricultural. And I know they're treated properly. Right. Anyway, we were at this restaurant and the waiter was kind of being rude to me. And mm. cause I was like, can I have this or like this? And I'm like, can I just have like a plain chicken breast? Like, I don't even remember what I said. And then everyone was like trying to help me. And I'm like, I'm freaking 23, 22 years old. Please just give me a sec to use my brain. Yes. And I was in a, bad like emotional state already like I kind of feel it coming on and something else happened like he kept coming back everyone had to order and then I was like can you just come back and he like sighed and was like yeah sure and I just was like oh god never mind I don't want to eat like I was like (laughs) no food thanks and I lost it like I full-on I got up went to the bathroom and like was hyperventilating and I didn't know like I still don't I mean they know now I didn't know if my grandparents had seen me like that or knew that I had anxiety and depression. Like, I think they knew, but like, I've never talked to them about it. Sure. Like we just, we don't. Sure. Yeah. And there was one, (laughs) there was like two bathrooms in this place. Like they were like a door bathroom, like not like men's and women's. Mm -hmm. It was like two door bathrooms. And I was in the one and I was, yeah, like I said, hyperventilating, sitting on the floor, couldn't breathe. And my mom tried coming in. Everyone tried texting me. I was in there for like 20 minutes. And finally, Tyler came. I heard him come to the door, and I'm sure people probably thought bad things, but <laughs> who cares? <laughs> who knows? Yeah. And he knocked on the door. He said, "It's me." And he said, "I have your ring." So I had this. I have this anxiety ring. It's mm-hmm. from Sage, and yeah. it's like, yes, you know the I one. I know exactly what you're oh. talking about. The little spirally that yes. goes on your finger. That you. Yep, I know exactly. What you're and talking about. he remembered. And I don't. I think I said something one day. Like I have like you know those Lululemon pouches that yes. used to get the gift cards in. Oh yeah, I love them. I have four yep. of them. Oh, I know. Mm-hmm. I have like two in my purse, mm-hmm. and one in there. It had the ring in it, and we had talked about it like maybe three days before. And he went and he grabbed it and he knew and he tried to talk to me and I was like no don't come in and then he's like I have your ring and then I was like okay (laughs) knowing that I'm like oh that'll help me and just having a hug from someone to be Mm -hmm. like it's okay you're not alone like it's okay and he came in and just like I said hugged me and gave me the ring like helped me breathe helped put a cold cloth or paper towel whatever it was on my neck and just kind of helped me get through that and I think having someone too who you have to talk to like I've said to him like this is what I need in this situation Mm -hmm. and obviously that doesn't always happen that because he doesn't understand it the same way and we're Mm -hmm. both growing and both learning and I don't want to rely on him but he's another tool I have you know 110 percent yeah my partner and I we have it's been a it's been a really big struggle to Mm. to get on the same page for him to even understand what living with a mental illness does yeah and and for him to like even when we're driving i was in a car accident well i was rear-ended and so Mm, it was like there's ptsd oh my god is there ever and so even when we're driving he's not understanding that like when i'm i'm trying to be clear this is what i need from this this is what i need from you and like sure in my I've had panic attacks like crazy over the last year. Oh, I bet. I mean, who hasn't had more stress this year? I don't oh know. God. And if they are, I'd like them to be on here so that yeah. we can talk and so figure we can out have what a conversation. Did you do? Yeah, how did you get through this? Because I would like to know. <laughs> Please tell me all about it. Yeah. Um, no, and like, 
it's been one of those things where I've had to be very clear about what I need mm -hmm. in the situation. And it's hard to be in that situation and say, oh, this is exactly what I need. Oh, yeah. The amount of conversations that we've had prior or post yeah. where I'm like, hey. Ours is usually post. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you've got to reflect on what happened, yeah. right? And then like, he's bless him he he really he's done amazing work to mm -hmm. work with me to understand understand do it the best he can exactly and it's hard because you also don't want to rely on your partner they're yeah. not your therapist no you have a therapist for a reason mm -hmm. right so but it is it is good to draw those boundaries and with your partner and be like yeah this is what i need from you when this happens yeah so well and i feel like write a list yeah exactly yeah. well and i feel like too like i made ty and i do we both did the love languages test? Mm, I made yes, him do it yes. because I think we were having a disconnect there. Mm -hmm. And he's a very, as I'd say most guys are, they like touches one of their top two, right? Mine was not. Mine was like time and affirmations. Mm -hmm. And we weren't connecting on that. And we didn't understand, like, I kind of understood what he needed, but I was like, I can't give you what you need if you don't give me what I need. Yeah. I said, because I don't feel loved, even though I know you love me. Mm -hmm. And every single morning without fail for since we've lived together, which I think has been almost two years now. Mm -hmm. And he tucked me in every morning because he'd leave at 530 or six o'clock. Every single morning he'd come say goodbye, he'd give me a hug and kiss and tuck me in. Mm -hmm. He'd be like, do you need your heat pack warmed up? And I'm like half asleep. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <Please>. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. That's so amazing. that's one of my, like, if I'm ever like piss off, I'm like, no, he does love you. It's your, it's your inner demon telling you he doesn't. Mm -hmm. But I, but that's where I said to him, like, even just a like, good morning, babe. Like, I love you. Have a good day. Mm -hmm. Because he always used to do that. And then I think we, it was not just him. It's me too. We both got comfortable with seeing each other every day mm -hmm. because before he was on the rig. So it was like 21 days on like 10 days off, but I'd only see him for like three or four days because yeah. he wasn't, he didn't live in Calgary at the time. Yeah, for sure. But how did, like, does your partner, he doesn't struggle with any mental illness. Everyone does in some way. Everyone does in some way. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, I don't know if it's my place to talk about it. I think we all have our own 100% issues. And I think that it, it's whether or not you, I mean, like I've been doing the work, like yeah. I've had experiences in my life. When you talked, you asked me, where did this start? Well, yeah. I started from a, I was abused as a kid, you know yeah. what I mean? Like not as a kid, sorry, but like, as a as a late teen yeah in a with a with a with a man that right. should have known better and 100%. so like i would have been dealing with this for a long time there's a lot of people out there who have not mm -hmm. and they don't even realize the trauma like that they've gone through until years it's later. really far in. it's so mm -hmm. far and then all of a sudden it's like i didn't even know yeah like i'll be honest like I was sexually assaulted when I was 21 mm -hmm. and I went to the clinic and I told them what happened and they were like, sweetie, do you know what just happened to you? And I was like, no, what are you talking about? And they're yeah. like, this, this was sexual assault. Do you know that? And I was like, uh, oh my God. And I didn't even realize until someone, were, someone pointed it out. Exactly. Well, I feel like too, sometimes that's not happened to me. I'm just kind of asking you, like, sure. I feel like you're in shock. Which is also why do you feel like that makes you not blinded to it, but like not understanding because you're kind of in shock? Well, yeah. And I never thought it was going to happen to me. And then it right. did. And I was just like, oh my 
fuck. You're and like, it was of course. just of, it, like, not of course it happened to me, but of course, like, it's like, this happens to so, so many, many people. people. Of course it happens to so many people and it shouldn't. Exactly. And, and you're like, yeah. and now I'm one of them. And mm-hmm. now it's like, now what, how do I get out of this? For sure. And I mean, like with my partner, there's been experiences where he, like, we've talked about it and I'm just like, do you know that this is this? And he's like, or do you, do you, do you feel, how do you feel about this situation? If I were to, you know, say it, 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 that it's this mm-hmm. and, and, you know, it's been, there's been some light bulbs where it's like, oh, I didn't realize that, that that wasn't okay because that's all I knew. Right. And so it's like, how do you, I, unless you have that awareness piece, like I said, yeah. I've been working on this for years. Unless you have that awareness of yourself mm-hmm. and kind of what you need and where you're at, I think it doesn't always click in. Oh, 100% not. And like, take it from someone who'd been working on it for, at that point, seven years, and I still didn't even realize that it had happened. Yeah. Right. So it's like, it can happen to anyone. And it just, it doesn't, having someone kind of not, I don't want to say like, put a spotlight on it, but Mm -hmm. just, just, you know, guide you to almost bring light to it a little bit, a little bit, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Just, just highlight it a little bit. Um, it can make all the difference. Yeah. One, there is one of my favorite shows is One Tree Hill. I don't know if you've seen it. Oh, a long time ago when I was a kid. Oh, I oh freaking, yeah. I've seen it like five or six times. <laughs> that's fair. That's valid. But in the later seasons, and I, oh, I, I can't remember. I know his name, but I can't remember it. Off Chad Michael Murray? Head. Oh, no. no. Okay, one of the characters' the names. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't know. I know James Lafferty, Bethany Joy Lens or something. Well done. I'm impressed. Um, Sophia Bush. Like, yeah. But one of the characters who was uh, Nathan's agent and friend, mm-hmm. um, he had a kid mm-hmm. and he didn't know it. And you don't, there's like, he has these like episodes and I can't remember what like the thing is called, but he has these like episodes and it was because his wife had passed away and they had a baby mm-hmm. and she passed away like right in front of him. <sighs> and like, they were like totally fine. She was dancing in the living room and, and she passed away. Mm. And there was always like a blur in the picture. And I think it's like for a full season, if not a season and a half, like you don't know he has a kid. Mm. And like, it's crazy what the brain can do. And then like, I did some research on it. Like your brain can fully block out these memories, even though they're still there, but because it causes you pain and trauma until, like you said, someone brings light to it or until you start to acknowledge yourself more, it's not going to come forward. And what they were talking about in the show was that his therapist, I guess psychologist, I can't remember, but he like, he was going to this therapy and then he was like sleepwalking, but like Mm -hmm. actually like having like incidents, Mm -hmm. like sleepwalking, Mm -hmm. like, and, and being a different person. And then he started doing drugs and then he was going to therapy because he had these like, sleepwalking episodes and this the his therapist had seen him before after his wife passed away so he knew he had a kid but Mm. they he was trying to help him like be like but why is this like Mm. do you understand why do you do these things like and he was trying to help without being like yo bro you've got a kid yeah for sure so i think like like i said it's so cool but not cool in that situation it's interesting i'd say to figure out how powerful your brain is, but think of how powerful it can be to reverse that on yourself and how powerful your brain is a tool and how you can use it to help you do better and be better for you. Yeah. Our, I think most people forget that like 
we are animals. Mm-hmm. We are we are humans, yeah. but we are still an animal. And so there is there is um, behaviors that are still relevant to this day, but it's a different situation. Mm-hmm. We are trying to um, what's the word? Um, trying to protect ourselves and make sure that we stay alive. Right. Yeah. That's why there's such a fear of rejection. You know, yeah. you don't want. Uh, you know, back in the man. Man, man cave. Uh, man cave. What am I thinking of right now? What's the word I'm looking of? Um, oh God. Oh. What am I thinking of? Um, oh God. People are screaming right now when they're, <laughs> they're like, it's this, it's, it's this, it's this. <laughs> um, oh God. You all know what I'm talking about. I'm just going to keep going. But yeah, just yeah. anyways, um, it'll come to us uh, at the end of the episode totally or after. <laughs> after this is all over. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's the thing is when like you, when you are in your tribe mm-hmm. uh, of people and you are ousted for whatever reason and you're rejected that meant oh no i'm not with a group now i'm going to die because i'm going to be on my right. own and i'm going to have trouble surviving so there's there's that rejection piece that is coming um that we still have to this day mm-hmm. and it's like those little and it's it's not as obvious as oh you know my family is rejecting me sometimes it is oh, and yeah. you have that feeling but it's all about protecting yourself and surviving and so when mm-hmm. we get into these situations yes is it as is it as clear as as being ousted from a tribe? No. No. But is this is the same patterns of behavior happening? Absolutely yes. yes. Yeah. And it's it's up to us to kind of recognize, well, but why? Mm-hmm. What about that situation? That rejection from my partner, that rejection from my mother, that um that that feeling of like panic that I'm going to die. Mm-hmm. Where is that coming from? And what it's is a survival it? It's a survival instinct. instinct. That, yeah, exactly. At that point. Yeah. So So with your struggle with anxiety and depression, like for me personally, I struggled with self-harm and I did Mm -hmm. for a very long time. And I feel like there's lots of kids that go through it, probably especially during COVID right now. Like I know suicide rates and everything has gone up, which is like a very much like a very big trigger point for me because to me and you obviously mental health is super important and like we're advocates for it but even as like a dance teacher like some kids i can see it but what am i supposed to do about it you know and like i've i've just go to my boss and be like it's not my place to it is my place but it's not my place Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. especially if they're early teens you know Yeah. yeah and but that was probably the age that I started. Mm-hmm. Did you ever struggle with that? Yeah, hundred um, percent. You know, when I I was in a relationship with with basically a pedophile, and mm. um, I was dealing with adult situations right. that I should never have been put into, mm-hmm. and that were so far above my head. And being like, I'm also an empath, so I mm. I I do. Some people may not believe this, but I I pick up on people's energies. That's mm-hmm. why I connect with some people. That's why like I I that's why we connected. That's like why that. 110, <laughs> 110. So, yeah. but like so, being in situations that were over my head. Number one, being hormonal. Number two, number three, being in in having those feelings that were already so overwhelming. Mm-hmm. How did I deal? I didn't I didn't have a therapist at that point. Oh, you're too was, young and what do you do like exactly. it's not necessarily that you're too young but it's more mm-hmm. it's more how do you like we talked about you don't acknowledge it at that time right and like 
all I knew at that point was I have big feelings. I yeah. have big feelings and I don't know what to do with them. Yeah. But I know that if I cut myself, then mm-hmm. I know that it's it's physical and yeah. then I can heal. Then then I can it see heals. it yeah. and I can heal it. Yeah, and I totally get that. It was just that that I was in control. Yes. And in the rest of my life, I wasn't Didn't in control. Didn't feel in control. Yeah. And this was the one thing that I could do. Yes, it was in self, self-inflicted. Yeah. But guess what? I could also, I could let it heal. And yeah. I, like the, the cathartic release. And I, I struggled to this. I struggled with this for, honestly, up until maybe four or five years ago, I was wow. self-harming yeah. off and on. Just, it was just something that it was that default that I was yeah. trying. And like, it's still something that like, I'm not going to say it. I walk it never with comes this. Up, yeah. I walk with yeah, this every day where it's like, there are, have you seen that video of um the big black dog? Oh, oh my Lanta. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> so I need to show you this. Okay. It's, send it to me and I'll put it, I'll link it in the, yeah. in the bio. So basically it's about this, this, this little, this, this kid or this person who walks with this dog, this big black dog. Mm-hmm. And the dog is depression. Mm. And so you you walk with this dog. Sometimes the dog is really loud and it barks and it's really – and it's just overwhelming. Right. And then sometimes when you have it managed, you – The calm. dog is small yeah. and it's quiet and, and you can walk and you take control. Yeah. And that's kind of how I feel about depression, anxiety, and self-harm. Oh, it comes and goes. It, it has a mind of its own. 110%. Yeah. I feel like I have like a dog walker over here <laughs> where I've got like four or five dogs on me. You know what yeah. I mean? Oh, yeah. Well, and I feel like for me, like – Ty's even said to me, like, are you still taking your meds? Right. I'm like, uh, yeah. did I stop? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> and I feel like especially when it's like one day and then it's two days and mm. you're like, oh, no, I'm feeling okay. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, no, I feel drugged because I'm so dizzy because I just was cold turkey. Yeah. And that's my own fault. It's I almost feel like that's a way of self-harm too. And it's not one – like self-harm is something that's – as you and I know, like you said, it's, you have to walk with it. You have to walk with anxiety. You have to walk with your depression. Mm -hmm. You have to walk with any mental illness. You have to walk with any illness you're going through Mm -hmm. and get through it and, and try and get yourself healthy. But that, like you said, like that release is like something that I think if you have struggled with self-harm, it's hard to find release that helps you feel the same way yeah I know a lot of my friends who I've talked to about this before mm-hmm. they've said you know physical exercise yeah um which can be dangerous too because you know self-harm then you can get into a there's an addiction quality to exactly. that where it's like oh this is what I have to do and then all and of now a sudden, you're counting calories and yeah. now you have yeah. distorted eating yeah. yeah so it can lead to other things when we got cut out, we were talking about tips um, and some tools that Sheree and I use to help us battle our self-harm and thoughts that go with that. So these are some tips that help us when we are struggling with these, and we hope they help you too. There's so much to talk about. It's oh, I know. Just, how do you even... How do you even... It's okay. You'll come back. I hope we so. should make this. So make this do yeah, this. Do it. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Yeah. We got cut off and we just kept chatting and <laughs> didn't know. realize it. So we're not really sure where we left off. But what we were talking about when we realized that we got cut off was self-harm and that kind of physical release. And I was talking about how I would use a paintbrush on my arm or liquid eyeliner and drawing and um, 
Sherry was saying like she's an artist too. So you would use mm -hmm. um, canvases. So yep. let's start from there. Yeah. So just using canvases and, and, and whether or not I was using a knife or, or just literally taking it and, you know, cutting, uh, if you, if you cut the side of a canvas mm -hmm. and then you just rip it, it just rips super easy and it's a very satisfying feeling. <laughs> um, and then the other thing part of that I was using was just like using my hands mm -hmm. and like not using a paintbrush. Um, yeah. Cause I, I wanted to feel the paint. I wanted to feel what was underneath. And I know that there are certain um, people who don't like textural issues that might be a problem, but mm, there mm -hmm. are ways to get around that in terms of like using digital, using an iPad and mm -hmm. getting like, um, what are those... Uh, the the apps yeah. I, I don't know what it's called but like one of the it, apps I have it on mine but I can't remember what it's called exactly right yeah. and just and using art as a way to kind of express and and the thing with art is it doesn't have to be a masterpiece oh god no like that's my whole my whole thing is that art therapy is 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 actually where I'm trying to go in oh, cool. in my life yeah. yeah so I'm I'm working on getting my masters right now in counseling and and just working towards blending art and therapy together that's so smart it's like when you think of like me being in the art world and the equine world like right. there's equine therapy yeah. like people go and they and they take care of horses they yeah. ride them they pet yeah. them they and that's actually one of my my releases too is i have horses and like mm -hmm. pre-covid when i when we didn't have scheduled time blocks yeah i would go and i would like even if I was in a bad mood, I was like, I don't want to go. I always wanted to go. I just yeah. was telling myself I didn't. Yeah. And like you said, it's like doing something with your hands, mm -hmm. whether it's some people fidget, like yeah. some people fidget, like if they have like that ring, like mm -hmm. just moving your hands or whatever it is, like for us, it's, it's drawing mm -hmm. for it's whatever it is. But I think it's so cool that you're trying to mix those together. Cause it's people who are artistic, I think, and they and some people don't realize it, but they mm -hmm. can fully give into it because you get lost in it. For sure. I mean, when I mean, look at what happened the past year and a bit. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> Pardon me. You're looking at the world shut down. Chaos mm -hmm. happened. We all kind of like fear happened. It was just a whole chaos. What did we turn to? We turned to singing in the streets. Yeah. We turned to making TikTok. art. <laughs> to TikTok. But that's a, that can be a creative outlet. Though. It is creative outlet. It is. Look at the creators right. that came from it and how exactly. smart they are. And how many people went back to being creative. There's yeah. the amount of stories that I have talked to people where they're like, you know, I you know, I brought up painting and I didn't even I forgot how much I like paint. Well, of yeah. course you did. Because I'm that's what sure. we start yeah. as I'm, kids that way. Exactly. You finger right. paint, you do all these things. You're in music class. Like yes. I'm pretty sure my sister like she brought um the guitar to vancouver with her and i'm pretty sure she's like started learning guitar stuff like mm -hmm. nothing like crazy but like she lives in an apartment with a roommate yeah like she's not close to anyone in the family yeah. like she's in a different province but yeah like you said like as a kid we're always thrown into art yeah. that's how we learned the alphabet yeah absolutely it is really it is a part of those we communicate through visuals and mm -hmm. we started before we could even talk mm -hmm. to use visuals cave drawings we started <clears throat> sorry i got a tickle in my throat that's okay um we've started using this kind of artistic mediums before we even knew what was happening what was. around us what it was mm -hmm. and then it's and then we use this language that is so in my opinion just so limiting when yeah. there's so much more 
that of how we can express ourselves yeah that doesn't i don't have a word for that i just know that it looks like this yeah well, and that's what art therapy is it's not about what the end result is no. i just know what it feels like when i'm doing it yeah that's what that is yeah and i pointed that and i can say to you right there that's my anger right there because mm-hmm. i'm angry at this and i'm just or this is my happiness i'm really mm-hmm. excited that this is this is a really good moment in my life this is what happy looks like to me mm-hmm. but i mean it might look scribble it might look like scribbles oh yeah i don't know but it, it's not about that it's about no. that cathartic feeling of getting it out of your body and putting it somewhere and some people journal yeah you know there's so many other techniques that you can use some people use the breathing mm-hmm. um i mean when you're talking about horses horses and human beings have had connections for Sensual. Oh yeah, they're empaths. They know they can tell when there's good people and bad people because oh, they know. Oh yeah, and they it's... will buck you off. Oh, I'm sure you. I'm sure you've either witnessed or seen it or mm, something. I've been on. So. I've been on both ends of that. It happens. It happens. Yeah. Well, but... and that's the thing is like like life happens and yeah. like and like you said too, it's not always going to be perfect. It's oh. not always going to be yeah. a masterpiece, but it's going to be something. And if it makes you feel good, that's yeah. better than making it more stressful because it's not perfect. The one thing I have to just point out is that it's, I find that we are so, it's so easy for us now and myself included it to be on your phone and then just live there. And then instead of being in your feelings, it's easier to be on your phone and scroll Mm -hmm. or whatever, or like, or whatever comment or, or read other things than it is to sit in your own discomfort. Uh And that's huge for people who are like, of course, you're not going to have any awareness when you immediately turn to it. And I mean, that's how, I don't know, I don't know about you, but that's how I've survived the last year was like, I've taken it easy on myself and been like, listen, if you want to be on Instagram, go for it today. But, you know, small goals, getting out of that, because you don't want to, you don't want to set up camp there. You don't want to live there, Mm -hmm. but you can visit. You know what I mean? But you don't have to live there. Yeah. I feel like for me, yes, I definitely turned to social media. Like Mm. I refused for months to get TikTok. Yeah. I refused because I, I was it. like, oh my <laughs> I God. Do it. My I sister's killing like, me though. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, nope, not going to do it. I was like, I don't understand. And like, that was still, I think it, it like kids that I was teaching were doing it before, like the March, the March, whatever, the day we shut down. Right. And I'd be like, can you guys get off TikTok? Like, I was like, what are you doing? Like, right. you're wasting your time. Yeah. And because I just didn't, I didn't get it. And then, like I said, for months I refused and then I downloaded it. And then I was like, oh <laughs> shoot. Yeah. <laughs> but it, it's, it's funny. Like mm-hmm. if you, but the same, it's kind of like Instagram. You have to follow the people that make you feel good. You can't mm-hmm. follow the people that make you feel like shit. 110%. And if you follow the right people and they spread positivity, if you're scrolling, it's still doing you some good. You know, like you said, you're like, I'm going to allow myself this time. And if you're following the right people, great, because that's going to give you something else instead of just scrolling. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. if they're talking or if they're talking about their life, like whatever it is, like they're going to be real and honest too. Like I try very hard to be real and honest on my Mm -hmm. social media as we have a podcast, (laughs) (laughs) but like even on my own personal account, like I'll talk when I have struggles, I'll post it. Like the kind of the other big push I had for starting this podcast was like right when, uh, was it the second lockdown? I feel like it was the second lockdown. Christmas time? Yeah. Yep. And, and I was in my car and I, I had to pull over because that was like, they announced the new restrictions and like that we were like back in lockdown, like you can't leave mm-hmm. your house and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. 
and I like fully broke down and I was so sick and tired of seeing people on Instagram be mean to each other Mm. and even just like not acknowledge the fact that we're having issues in the mental health side of things. And I was like, Hey, look, like this is me and this is what's going on. And I said, and I think I said something like, could you please just be kind to one another Mm. and like understand that we're human and we're all struggling, even if people aren't presenting it. And especially for the people that have anxiety and depression and feel alone, And like not just anxiety and depression but you know that's what relates to us but Mm -hmm. people who struggle with feeling alone already now look at them if i lived on my own shit oh my god i'm sorry for people that live alone but Mm -hmm. like and then the fact that like i can't even see my grandparents and like or my cousins who we have dinner together every month or we used to and now i haven't seen them in months and I just sometimes think like we lost track of the human side of things. Mm -hmm. And that's what's really hard to see is like, yes, we found more creative outlets, but for some people, I think they didn't, they didn't acknowledge, oh no, I feel like shit. Well, it's hard. Oh yeah. I mean, I'm going to, you can't have a podcast about mental health and not bring up Brene Brown. Oh God, I love her. You know what I'm saying? Like, uh, I mean, that's, that's a, that's a vulnerable space to be in. Mm -hmm. But I mean, in those, and this is, this is what I've worked on with my therapist was in those vulnerability, those vulnerable spots, Mm -hmm. that's where connection lives. Oh yeah. That's where, you know, when you open up and you say, and I applaud you. I applaud you Thank for you. on your on your social media being like this is who I am. Mm-hmm. It's not perfect. Oh, this God. is this no. is this is life, man. And there's yeah. gonna be amazing days and there's gonna be really shitty days. Yeah. But guess what? Today is a good day, or guess what? Today's a shit day. Yeah. And and being able to be honest and mm-hmm. transparent and to acknowledge that mm-hmm. there's connection. People are gonna be like, oh, I feel really bad today. Yeah. I'm glad I'm not the only one. And all of a yeah. sudden you've just made a connection. And yeah, I was just gonna say that the amount of people that reached out to me, people yeah. who were in a grade above me, who I was like friends with, but not like super tight with. And like a guy in that was a grade above me, like reached out and was like, Thank you for being vulnerable. Like he was he said something super sweet, and I was like, oh my God, we haven't talked in like, right. how long have I been graduated now? <laughs> Six years? Yeah. And he would have been graduated seven. Right. Like, and, he, and same thing, there were some girls in the grade above me too that reached out and just being like, thank you. Mm-hmm. Or like, it's nice to see someone like share this because I'm too afraid. And like so many people sent me paragraphs of like, I've been feeling like this too and thank you, I'm not alone. And that's all I want to do is like, I want to, even if it's one person mm-hmm. that feels less alone or like, I make a difference on I'm happy like that's that I almost feel like that's not my purpose because I was listening to I want to say it's my purpose and it is but I listened to this podcast and they were talking about purpose and like that's not your purpose like Mm -hmm. it's how for you Mm -hmm. that's I think one of my goals of my purpose Mm -hmm. but I haven't quite figured out what the purpose is for me Mm -hmm. I think it's because it makes me feel good because when I feel alone I'm posting it because I also feel alone. Sure. And then when people reach out, I'm like, I'm not alone. Yeah. So I think it's because it gives me that that same um, awareness. Like, yeah, that awareness same, like, and like the connection with people being who, seen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think that I think is the purpose for me behind mm-hmm. it. But mm-hmm. the outcome that I want is I want to make people feel something. I want to yeah. make people feel special. Yeah. And even through 
my stampede stuff. That's been my goal the whole time. Right. I don't care if I went to a old folks home and they don't know who I am. They sure. know obviously the hat and everything, but mm-hmm. I want them to remember how they felt that night yep. listening to music and just sitting there and like, they're holding my hand and like, well, they used to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And like that, those were some of the most special nights. Like yeah. we would be at these old folks homes that half the patients like couldn't speak like they were not coherent Mm -hmm. and they but we would play music for them and like we would just sit with them and like and then at other places people were like very coherent and they'd be like i remember this song when i was 16 and like Mm -hmm. that's this such a cool thing about music too like my dad always talks about i remember the first time i heard springsteen i know where i was i know who i was Mm -hmm. with and i'm like that's just so cool yeah and i think like i have some of those moments too like a lot of the times like having dance and having competitive dance, like the amount of music you hear is like ridiculous. Yeah. yeah. But there'd be like certain songs that you're like, oh my God, that moment. Mm-hmm. And like, that's super special. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like you said, that connection, like all we're trying to look for is connection. Like that's what makes us human too, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when you're talking about this is this is what social media is. I mean, mm-hmm. we've, the whole intent mm-hmm. of social media- is to connect with people. Is to connect, ironically. So it disconnects also you. Disconnect <laughs> yeah. you uh, most of us. Yeah. Um, so there, I mean, there's people have to realize that social media is a tool. Yeah. And if you use it, you have to use it in the ro- in the right way, mm-hmm. the appropriate way. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, it can be to your dent- detriment. And a lot of yeah. people just the, to critically think on what they're looking at and be yeah. like, oh, I see that. Mm, is that true? Mm-hmm. Let me fact check that because that doesn't make sense. Yeah. And like, and doing that research and that work in yourself. I mean, we want to connect with other people um, and this can be an amazing way to do it. Yeah. Um, Well, and I think it's cool too, like um, Ty and I talked about, and the same thing, I'm sorry, Tyler, if you're listening and you're mad at me for saying (laughs) this, but I love you so much. Mm -hmm. And we were talking about social media actually, and I don't think he'll be mad at me for saying this, but he lived in Australia for eight or nine months or something. It was pre-me, pre-me, but not Mm pre-me. And um like he's traveled a fair bit and he was all over Australia. He was in hostels. He worked a lot. He met so many people yeah. and he's a very um, social guy, but also not. He's a- Like a social introvert? Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely more a social introvert than mm-hmm. him, but he's, I think in a way he's one too. Mm-hmm. And he was saying like, he was looking at um, something, one of the person, like some person he met or a couple people he met in Australia, like came up that he was still following and he like clicked on them and like they weren't following him anymore. And he's like, we literally lived together and like, we mm. were like best buds. And he's like, I'm following you because we, we connected. And mm. like, I want to see what you're doing. We don't have to talk, but like, I want to see what you're doing. And I think that's really cool too. Like I ended up, like I follow some people who I went to like freaking kindergarten with and I lived in Kamloops mm. and like the connections there and like being, and then they follow you back. Like, it's just so cool to see where people end up. And I think like, to me, that's partially why I do it too. But also if I'm following someone that's like toxic or like doesn't agree, not necessarily doesn't agree with what I agree with because everyone has their own opinion and I'm so okay with that. Mm -hmm. But like I said, like that negativity that I'm like, I just don't want that energy around. Mm -hmm. I'm going to unfollow you. Yeah. But I think like for the difference, like what Ty was saying is he was like, some people do it because of the ratio in their followers oh, and, for sure. and who they follow. Oh. And he was like, are you kidding me? Cause he was like, we were just so close. And like, he's like, I just want to see what you're doing. And yeah. like, 
I thought we had that connection and he's, and then he was like upset, obviously. Right. And, and he just was like talking about it. He's not like butthurt by it, but yeah. he was also like, no, it's upsetting. And I was like, Oh, 100% it is like, yeah. it should be because it's people who you spent so much time with and shared life with mm. for so long. Mm-hmm. And so I can see where like his hurts coming from, but I also see the reason that some people do it. And it's like, your ratio doesn't matter. Oh man, the Instagram life is so foreign to me. Um, <laughs> like- I know because I I like messaged you and was like, "Can I have your number? Like, did you get a new phone? Like, I couldn't remember. No, I got a new phone. I lost yeah. all the numbers. Yeah, and you were like, and you didn't respond for so long. But I'm so bad yeah. at texting too. So like- so like phone. So here's the thing about it is is even the way. So a friend of mine was. I wanted, she wanted me to take a picture of her and her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay. Um, <laughs> You're like, so anxiety. I'm like, I'm a photographer. I've got this. I have got, like, I'm good. Like, bring this on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to make you look like a rock star. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> take all the photos. We all need friends like you. Obviously, obviously. <laughs> and and she, she looks at the photo and she's like, oh, none of these are good. And I was like, what? You're like, I thought you looked bomb. I thought you looked super hot. <laughs> okay, whatever. And then she's like, no, I, I need – she's like, let me take a photo for you. So she takes a photo of me and, and my partner. Yeah. And then all of a sudden she's like – she shows me the photo and she's like, do you see the difference? And I was like looking at him and I'm like, oh, yeah. Well, one is a totally different angle because I'm not used to taking an Instagram photo, which is different than taking a normal 100%. photo. 100%. And I didn't realize that. And so I was yeah. like, what are you talking about? These are beautiful. And in theory, to a normal person, they were gorgeous. Yeah. But Instagram has a certain kind of look yeah. for their photos. and Some people get very caught up in the aesthetic. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's a visual art. It's a visual It's medium, visual right? art, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think like yeah, some people are, like you said, some people get not necessarily caught up in it, but they're like, like you said, Instagram has like that, that look and like that feel, but it's also that person's creativity. Yeah, for sure. But I totally get where you're coming from. Cause I would, I'm the, I'm the same way and I'll like admit it fully Oh yeah. because my, <laughs> my mom laughs. She's always like, you don't want me to take your photo. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, but I just want a photo with Tyler or like yeah. whatever it is, yeah. my sister. And like some of them are great. Some of them are great. And then others I'm like, Jackie, yeah. like 100 photos, please. Yeah. No, try dating a guy who can't take – like he can barely work his phone but the oh, camera God. comes on. He's like, it's – love you. But oh yeah. my God, it's so hard. <laughs> I'm always like – I always say to Tyler, I'm like, Tyler, can we get can we get yeah. Yeah, so yeah, for sure. And then other times she's like, can we get a photo? And I was like, what? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Did you just you? ask me? <laughs> but then I'm like, like, who's ever taking? I'm like, can you take like 15? Yeah. I'm like, right. not just one. Yeah. And then I, I forget who we asked one time. We asked like some random. And it's the first photo we ever took together. And oh. he really wanted it. Yeah. And he like, we drove down to the to the river, like in Banff. We drove down to the Cute. river and like took a nice photo. I didn't brush my hair that morning. Bless you. No makeup on. Gorgeous. Nothing. Mm-hmm. I and I still like like the photo. I was like, ten. at first I was like, because mm. there's feeling behind the photo. Because I'm yeah. And yeah. then I was like, oh no, it's I look happy. And I had yeah. one of my uh, good friends. She like screenshotted it and messaged me and was like, thank you for blessing my feed. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, another someone else was like, you look so happy. I'm like, I am. And I was like, it took freaking three years to get yeah. here because yeah. we like talked in grade 12 and mm-hmm. then I dated someone else and I like I took I take everything from that relationship too I did love him that yeah. guy deeply too and like sure. there's a part of you that always will you yeah. know yeah. your first love and like the first person you like, fully date and yeah. 
but there was always something about Tyler and I never knew it yeah. until I was on my own, mm -hmm. until I was figuring out who I was on my own. And then being like, it's not that I never want to say like he completes me mm -hmm. because you complete yourself, but he, he a great addition, great addition. Mm -hmm. And like, we complement each other mm -hmm. so well, even though we fight very hard sometimes, but sure. it's because we're both stubborn and yeah. individuals like, but I think, like you said, like they, they're a great addition to you and they, mm -hmm. and you're a great addition to them. And when you find that person that you actually want to like fight for and you want to fight mm -hmm. for that relationship, mm -hmm. it's so different. Yeah. And I think like we have been talking about like that connection piece of like, we always had a connection, but we, neither one of us understood it mm -hmm. until we understood who we were as mm -hmm. individuals. Yeah. And I think that's really cool too. Well, my partner and I, we knew each other. Um, I've known him for since high school. We went to oh, high school wow. together. Yeah. And so we we knew we, of each other in high school. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he had a crush on me <laughs> in high school. I was in a different space. Yeah. So I was not uh, – didn't know what was happening. Yeah. Um, but then like – Usually we're oblivious. A little bit. Yeah. And, and honestly, like – so we had stayed friends. We had mutual friend um, – that would always invite us to uh, her birthday parties. Yeah, and social gatherings. Social whatever. gatherings in some yeah. capacity pre-COVID. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. And Everything's pre-COVID. Everything's pre-COVID <laughs> at this point. Um, and so, yeah, so then we we would, like, hang out. And, and it, it, honestly, it wasn't until we got to – there was a point in both of our lives. Mm -hmm. It just made sense. And we and just connected. Worked. Yeah. And, but all of those times that I had seen him at parties, that I had seen him at school yeah. – all of those times, none of it made sense because we weren't yeah. there together. Yeah, you weren't and, on the same wavelength. Exactly. And yeah. then, and it honestly, I mean, it took us a while to connect and make sure we were on the same frequency. Oh, us too. Oh, yeah. Even, I mean, we were doing long distance. I was living in Toronto. He was living in Edmonton. Mm. Oh, I was wow. That's, our oh. long distance wasn't that long. But. <laughs> it, was, it was a long, long, painful, but yeah. it was great. It was, I mean, it was fine, but I mean, it was there. And then it just, we had to come up with, how does this relationship work for us? And I think mm -hmm. that's the thing that people forget is yeah. your relationship doesn't have to be what other people think it should be. Oh, 100%. But yeah. people think, oh, well, I see this on Instagram. I see this mm -hmm. on social media. And they this compare. Is, and they compare. And then all of a yeah. sudden it's like, but wait, hold on a second. Yeah. I get to make the rules. It's my life. And my it's relationship. My relationship. It's our life together. Yeah. Am I a certain age you know, and I would love to be having kids right now. Yeah. But is that the place right now? No. No. Because yeah. I, I have goals. I want to – and I'm not saying you can't have goals and have kids. I'm not saying that. Oh, no. But, but for, for right you now, and for you, that's that's exactly. your life and that's, that's your path and that's yeah. what you're choosing. And I think like Ty and I always said like we – started seeing each other in April. I didn't tell my family until probably June <laughs> because, because my mom, I don't think they liked him. Oh. Don't worry, Tyler, Jackie loves you now. <laughs> but um, we just didn't have a great past, right. you know, yeah. and the way he treated me and mm -hmm. he owns it and we're good now, obviously. Mm -hmm. But so I was afraid to tell her, but mm -hmm. I was like, for the long, I was like, I was pulling him through the dirt basically. Like yeah. I was like, are you for sure? Are you this? Like, and then, cause he lived in Banff and then he was still on the rigs at the time. Like, so he was, like I said, he was only home for certain days. So then seeing each other was hard, mm -hmm. just like it was for you. Yeah. And, and I'm Tyler's first girlfriend mm -hmm. and he's my third boyfriend. Mm -hmm. And not that that makes a difference, but 
just you know some of the things in like your first rocky relationship not rocky but like you're learning how to be with someone and like like we've talked about what they need what you need Mm -hmm. and how do you respond like how much time do you need together because both people are going to have different expectations Mm -hmm. and tyler always says and i agree with him 100 percent if we weren't long distance for the first six, eight months of our relationship, I don't know if we'd still be together because we never had the honeymoon phase. Mm. And I think for us, we didn't, we didn't need it, which sounds so bad because I kind of miss it. But we did in, we did in a different sense because every time we were together, the time was so valuable Mm. because Mm -hmm. we only had limited time. Whereas I think if we were together all the time, I don't know if we would have the same relationship now because mm-hmm. the stuff we worked through mm-hmm. yeah because he'd work night shifts and like day shifts like and it would switch 10 days on 10 days night shift 10 days day shift and during the day shifts like the last 10 days we didn't really talk because our schedules were so different yeah and that was hard mm-hmm. like i'd have to wake up at like 5 4 30 whatever it was like super early to yeah. talk to him yeah and when he was on night shifts, it was easier because he'd get up at five o'clock and then I'd be like coming home from work or at work, like whatever it was. And, but if we didn't have that and learn to like communicate and talk on the phone and find different ways to talk instead of like the physical talk, (laughs) didn't have that obviously. Yeah. But you know, like we had to find ways to understand each other better and yeah, for us, that's what works for us. But lots of people, long distance doesn't work. But it worked oh. for you guys too, which is pretty cool. Well, the first, the first, I tried long distance with another partner. I uh, didn't prior. Work. Oh, it was like a house on fire. It was oh, awful. Gosh. It was like an d- absolute disaster. It was a catastrophe. Yeah. Um, but then with him, it was I was hesitant um, mm, I was like, because I you had a bad feeling already. S- yeah, I've yeah. had trauma with this. I don't want to have to go back through this again. Like, no thanks. Um, and to be honest with you. It was one of those situations where I realized after same situation, we needed that first year because mm-hmm. we were long distance for, I think, either just under or about a year. And that year of separation, we communicated. It was yeah. very clear. <clears throat> Pardon me. We needed to know exactly how and what each other needed from afar. Yeah. Um, and For then- me, it was just, oh, what I felt like I needed was to talk to him and feel yeah. like I want to share life with you. Mm. And for me, that's, and I think he was pretty much the same because we would talk for, even if it was like 30 seconds, because one of us was like, I got up late or like he got off late, like whatever it was like, yeah. and that 30 seconds like made my day, you yeah. know? Yeah. Well, and the, the irony <laughs> with us is that we moved in together literally March 1st, 2020. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. we had a really interesting year mm-hmm. in a bit. And yeah. we have grown quite a bit. We went from like the first like year in a relationship to not being in the same city. To living. To together. living. And then to like finally deciding to take the next step and being like, and now you get to stay together 24 yeah, seven. That was that fun. was kind of like us too, but we didn't have the pandemic. We, Ty, when he came off the rigs and he kind of stopped i think because before he said to like he's like i didn't have anyone to come home yeah. to i didn't care yeah sure. she was like i was making good money yep. and like doing my thing and then obviously i made it difficult and sorry about that but that's okay because it worked out exactly <laughs> and then he I, th- I can't remember what i think he quit in 
oh, I don't remember, springtime sometime. And he ended up going to school for welding. Right. And he was going to have to live at his aunt's mm. or res or with me. Right. And so we approached my parents and like I was super hesitant right. because I was like, um, I don't know if I want you to move into my bedroom at my parents' house. Yeah. Like, this is my room. Yeah. This is my space. Yeah. And we did. And we had lots of growing pains. Sure. But now we own a house together. Mm-hmm. And we can do it because we we know the boundaries. We know mm-hmm. uh yeah, boundaries. We know how to talk. We know, okay, who's cooking dinner? Yeah. We can figure that stuff out now because we, I think because we already lived together in a sense where we didn't have pressure about money. The one thing I would say about living with your partner, and this is something that I've, I've learned myself, but I've also have uh, people that I know in my life that have um, just separated from their partner, Mm -hmm. that it is so, it's crucial to, to fight fair. Oh, 100%. It's crucial. We have, we literally, when we're, when we are having disagreements, we literally have ground rules. There is no swearing. Do not Mm. swear at me. If there's swearing, I walk out of the room and we're not doing this. Yeah. Um, it's, it's okay. If I get to a place where I am at the level where I'm seeing red, I walk away. There's, it's not that we can't come back, but there has to be some tangible thing that we can follow. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the cool thing too, is like having boundaries. You need to, you need to accept that. Thank you so much for joining today. Thank you. I loved everything we talked about. It's been like, we could talk about anything and everything and we would just have a great time. I know. Well, and there's just, there's so much to learn and there's such so many situations that allow us opportunities to learn from one another. Like what you said earlier, like Mm -hmm. you just want connection and, through your podcast, what you're saying, your stories, you're connecting with other people, like through our stories collectively, other people can resonate with that and connect with Mm -hmm. us and know that they're not alone. Yeah. Well, and that's why like even like having someone who listens on the podcast, like just to find people who struggle, even if they're like, oh, I don't think I'm struggling, but like I am, you know, like to see different perspectives and like, Mm -hmm. like that connection and learning from each other. And like, that's why I started this is like, it's about failing forward and it's about mm-hmm. learning from your mistakes and like continuing to move forward even though you failed because that failure is growth. Yeah. And I think that's a big part of mental health too. Like that's like us, like we learned from being with one therapist, psychologist, mm-hmm. it didn't work. Yeah. How can I go forward? Yeah. We learned tricks to help us overcome and like battle our inner demons mm-hmm. and find ways to make it manageable mm-hmm. whether that's for some people it's medication some people are don't want medication because for personal reasons and that's totally fair mm-hmm. like find more natural ways if that's what's best for you for me it was medication yeah. and i've now found like a healthy balance and it works for me but i think learning through those struggles and learning through that failure is what's really helped me and i it sounds like that's what's helped you too 100 percent. i mean there's going to be ups and downs but as long as I mean, as long as you're a little bit nice to yourself, and now yeah. you don't screw that. As long as you're your best fucking friend, <laughs> yeah, you're good. Because you like, need to have some compassion. Hundred and ten percent. But I, I'm so excited for your journey and to hear thank more. You. And thank you so much for having me on. This has been amazing, and I can't wait. If hopefully we do it again. Oh yes, you're coming back. Okay, <laughs> no, if and buts, you're coming back. <laughs> Beautiful. I love it. Great. Awesome. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you next week. 
If you or anyone you know is struggling, please reach out for help. There is many services around that there is text lines, call lines, and availability 24-7. The crisis text line in Canada is text HOME to 686868 to talk with a trained crisis responder. The Kids Help Phone line is 1-800-668-6868. Hall Services is a Calgary-based mental health clinic, and it is 403-251-8000.